yet, but, but they're preparing for some of that. And so hospice is coming uh, three days a week and uh, going to you know, try to help her and minister. She is back in the nursing home, is that correct? And so uh, remember Marla's sister, Debbie. Uh, she's, she's going through a very serious time as well and uh, just needs a, a huge touch from the Lord. Uh, Miss Brenda Norton, still praying for her, lifting her up every day. Uh, a lot of different needs. Brother Alan Vandeventer, I'd be amiss if I didn't uh, mention Brother Alan's name. We want to be lifting him up tonight in prayer and uh, continue to hold him up to the Lord. Uh, had the, the, the best conversation with him last week, and, and it was just really good. Brother? Yes. And he's not officially on the transplant list because he has to go through right. his skin doctors, everything to make sure he's in good health for a transplant. Yeah. But he, he will be getting both ones. Praise God. He he when I when I talked to him on the phone, he said um, the doctors told him that he could either go through his life toting around a uh, an oxygen tank, what was left of his life, he could haul that oxygen tank with him every place. Or he could take a handful of pills every day and not have the oxygen tank and uh, possibly get back to fishing and, you know, having some sort of a life. And he said, give me the pills. And uh, so he wants, to, he wants to have some life. His specific prayer request for me, and, and I know we're praying for Brother Allen. That's very important. We need to do that. Uh, but Allen specifically asked me to pray for, for Tammy and for Russell and uh, said that they were both having a very hard time. Of course, uh, Allen's father, Jack, uh, passed away not very long ago, and that had a big effect, a uh, big impact on Russell. And uh, so, and, and now he's, you know, his dad's going through what he's going through. And so, lift them up, please, uh, Tammy and, and Russell, in your prayers as well. And uh, let's just believe God to, to be with them. Anything else tonight? Let me add any needs or names that you guys have to the prayer list. Anything going on? Brother Dan? Yeah, I'd like y'all to pray for my middle sister. Monday, we put her in a nursing home. Mm. Uh, she hadn't hit 70 yet, so it's kind of the early stages of Alzheimer's is what they're thinking. Uh, it's, it's a sad deal. She's had a lot of mental issues throughout the years, and just it's just it's just been a battle. Okay. And but the good news through all this, one is my youngest sister, her and I are like blue, but my youngest sister lives there in Abilene with her so it's close and it's the same nursing home that mom was in oh wow she went through Alzheimer's some of the same employees are still there wow so my sister that went in Monday she remembered some of them so that's a big that's big great one. so that's it's, it's going to be a challenge but uh, she's in a better place obviously. amen amen constant care and, yes. and protection yes really exactly. protection her name's Elaine okay Elaine all right. Anything else tonight, guys? I don't want to overlook anything. All right. Isn't God good? He's so good. He's so faithful. Won't y'all stand with us tonight, if you wouldn't mind? And we want to take these things to the Lord and, and uh, remember, remember them in prayer uh, throughout our week. And 
That's what that prayer list is there for you guys. Just a, a kind of a constant reminder for us as we go throughout our day. It's good to pray over it on Wednesday nights. It's, it's good to pray over it on Sundays. But I think it's really good to pray, you know, throughout our week as well. And so remember these needs and names and let's carry them to the Lord together tonight. Father, are we coming to your house again tonight just rejoicing how faithful and how good you are? Lord, we thank you that you're, you never leave us, Lord. You never forsake us. You're always there to help us. Uh, you're a friend who sticks closer than a brother. God, we're reminded of that again tonight. Uh, and Father, I carry these needs and these names up to you tonight. Uh, I pray for Lynn and Sherry's little girls. I ask you, Father, that, that you just minister healing to their little bodies. I, I pray, God, COVID be lifted off of them. And, and Father, just a supernatural intervention on, on your behalf for them. Uh, Father, I pray right now for Margie Thompson. I ask you, Lord God, to, to minister healing to her body. Uh, let this uh, COVID be lifted off her. God, I pray for, for all of those that are struggling with COVID right now. Lord, just a, a, a divine intervention, God, a, a healing power, a healing touch to flow. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Lord, I ask you to take away all the sneezes. Uh, Lord, I pray right now for just a super healing to come into every life. Uh, I pray for Sister Betty Reynolds tonight. God, I ask you, Father, just for peace. Lord, I pray for Faith and Allen. I pray surround them with peace, Lord. Uh, Father, I, I pray that you just establish angels around and about them, help them and minister to them. I pray for Dan's sister, Elaine. God, I, I would ask you, Lord, to intervene and, and be right there with her, Lord. Uh, I, I pray for a soundness of mind. Uh, and Lord, I pray tonight for Brother Allen and for Tammy and for Russell. Lord, I pray that you'd minister to them. I, I pray peace and I, I pray for everything to go well for Brother Allen. Lord, you do this work. And Father, we're quick to ask. We're quick to come to you and, and beseech your throne. And so, Lord, we want to be just as quick to come back and say thank you. Remind us, Lord God, when the answer comes that it was your hand at work, God. It was, it was you who intervened. Lord, we thank you ahead of time. We praise you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your strength. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise if you wouldn't mind, please. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight as you're seated. Please excuse my sneeze in the middle of my prayer. Have you ever... I just kind of got locked up. It was, there was a sneeze coming, and it just wouldn't stop. It wouldn't subside. I've got my little fan right there, and Julie don't like it. She's afraid it's going to blow her, her hair off or something. I don't know, but I turned that fan on when I start preaching, and it blew right up my nose right then, and so ah, I may not like it either. So, <laughs> Oh, God's good tonight. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for smiling at me when I walked in the door. Uh, it's awkward right now for me. It's an awkward week. It's, uh, it, it's kind of an awkward feeling. We're not live streaming tonight, by the way. So guess what? Gary's going to be Gary. Yes. Oh, we are live streaming? Okay, we're live streaming. Gary can't be Gary. <laughs> Rick, you're the superhero, man. Thank you for getting it going. Okay, I'm still going to say it anyway. All right. <laughs> this is weird territory for me. Uh, this is, this is kind of strange uh, right now. Um, I, I, I'll be real honest with you. It's hard for me to step to the, to the pulpit. It's hard for me to, to go into a time of worship. Julie, I love your, your worship so much. You lead us into the presence of God. And, and I, I stood here tonight thinking, man, this is going to be one of, the, one of the last times I get to stand right here and I get to, I get to worship. But, but God, I know you've got a plan and I'm going to walk that out and I'm going to follow that, you know, and 
I'm, I'm torn kind of this direction, you know. I, I have a will to be here and I have a will to be gone. I have a, you know, just to be at the center of God's perfect will. And so there's just this awkwardness for me. And so please, please, please uh, thank you guys for, for helping us to, to see it not be a funeral. I don't want this, uh, our last services together to be a funeral. I don't really like this. It's like they put my ashes in here and they're, uh, anyway, uh, it's, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, I love you, Kathy. You did a good job putting it there. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I noticed in the, in the entryway when we came in, uh, they've set a table with some cards on it. Uh, I think the purpose behind that is if you want to write a note to Sister Vonda and I, uh, it's there. It's available for you to do that, and, and that would be a blessing. We've received so many uh, precious phone calls and messages, and, and uh, it's just been really, really sweet. And uh, a lot of people that, that I haven't heard from in a very long time that I've heard from over the last few days. And it's been, it's been really, really, really precious. And I, I love y'all and I appreciate you so much. Uh, I said it this last weekend. I'm going to say it again. Uh, just because the Lord's uh, called us to a different ministry at this, at this juncture in our life, uh, just because He's calling us to a path of evangelism, uh, doesn't mean that, that you're not my family anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean that our phones don't work anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not available uh, to you anymore for prayer. Uh, somebody came through as we were, people were praying with us Sunday morning and, and grabbed Sister Vonda and said, who's going to pray for me now? And, and Sister Vonda said, I can still pray for you. And so uh, we can still pray and we can still, you know, talk to you guys and love on you. And, and uh, because you are our family, we do love you. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you again for being here tonight. I want to get in the Word, and so let's do that. Let's worship the Lord right there where we're seated. Come on, one more time. Father, we bless you tonight. God, we praise you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, God, and all that you're doing. You're such an amazing, good, precious Savior, God, and King. We love you tonight, God. We praise you uh, for the opportunity we have to gather in your house. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise if you would not mind together, please. Thank the Lord. How many are thankful tonight for the hope we have in Jesus? How many understand we've got hope tonight in Jesus? Uh, church, I believe with all my heart we're living in a world that's quickly losing its hope, right? We're, we're seeing hope diminished in our society. We're seeing hope diminished in, our, uh, in the economy. They can say what they want to say. You know, the, the, they're redefining the word recession. We don't want to call it a recession right now. But, but the reality is uh, when it hits you in the pocketbook, when, it, when it's costing you your interest rate to be higher, when, when you're paying more for hamburger and eggs and gasoline and ham, uh, it, it still is a, a hurt on your pocketbook. It's still a recession. It's still hurting the economy. And all of those things work together to cause our hope to be diminished, right? To, we all probably come into contact with people on a regular basis that, that seem like as if they're at the end of the rope and they've lost all hope that they have in their life. It could be some physical situation where the doctor told them, listen, there's just no way it's ever going to get any better. You know, I, I think about Faith and Alan as I wrote those words today. I think about Mama Betty. Even in their physical situation that that precious woman of God's going through, she still has a hope tonight. Uh, regardless what her physical body may do or say, amen. Now, 
Uh, for some, it could be that physical situation. For others, it could be uh, a relationship. Uh, it could be one where uh, a person says they just don't want to be married to me anymore. They just don't want to be around anymore. And so it creates this sense of hopelessness. It could be a financial situation where, where the bills are just bigger than, than the money that they have to pay them with. And, and they keep piling up and they keep compounding. And, and we have to buy hamburger and we have to buy gasoline and we have to have to have to. Uh, and it just keeps getting worse every day. It could be any of those things or it could be all of those things combined together at one time or it could be a long laundry list of other things that, that all work together to rob people of their hope. Uh, the, the truth is that things happen in life that cause, the, cause us to have the wind knocked out of us sometimes. Can you say amen? Things can happen in life that, that can cause us to begin to see our hope dwindle and, and start to see our hope diminished. Uh, can I tell you tonight as your pastor that, that as men and women of God, we can never allow hope to be removed from our lives. Uh, can I tell you tonight that as Christian men and women of God, we must be known as a people of hope. Hope should abound in our lives on a continual basis. Uh, we must get a hold of hope and we must hold on to hope every day of our lives. Uh, Ephesians 2, 12 and 13 says it like this, that at that time we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now. How many are grateful tonight for the but now moment? But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The Word says that at one time we were aliens and people having no hope whatsoever. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been brought into the covenant relationship. We've been brought near to Jesus. We've been given a hope because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe that because we're Christians, we should have a hope in the world. I believe that because we're Christians, we should be the very embodiment of hope to the people that we come into contact with. Yes, even the child of God, we can get into what seems like a hopeless situation. Yes, as a child of God, we can feel as if our hope is being broken down and not built up. But church, I believe that in our lives as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we ought to live, breathe, and walk and talk in a Christian hope. Find your Bibles with me tonight if you wouldn't mind. We're going to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to talk about Christian hope. We're going to get a Kleenex. Boy, howdy. I think Chasen was up there last and he left a bug up there. So. Good gravy. I ain't bringing it to you, lady. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25 is what we want to, want to read tonight. Where the Lord says this, For I consider the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed to us. Boy, that's encouragement right there, isn't it? I consider the suffering that I'm going through right now is nothing in comparison to the glory that's going to be revealed to me one day. Verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the Son of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willing, but, but because of Him who subjected it 
in hope. Because the creation itself will be uh, delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. Not only that, but we also who have had the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. Excuse me. For, <clears throat> back up. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what one sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you again, Lord, for the opportunity to minister it. Father, I pray tonight for a, a flow of the Holy Spirit in this room. Lord, let your word come alive. And Father, may hope be built up within every born-again believer in this room. Lord, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise if you wouldn't mind together tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many are thankful for the hope you have in Jesus tonight? How many would agree tonight that sometimes hope is an easy word to say, but it's a hard thing to do? Hope can be easy for us to verbalize. We can, we can talk hope all day long. We can put on a happy face. How many understand that, that we've got a church face and we've got an at-home face? And our church face, we walk in the door and, and somebody says, how you doing, brother? And it's, oh, man, I'm good. I'm blessed. How about you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, everything good. I, oh, yeah. Amen. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. And then you get home and your wife says, hey, honey, how was church tonight? Y'all, it was terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever seen all my life. We got a church face and we got a at-home face. And, and many times our church face is that hope-filled face and our, our everyday walking around talking face is, is hard to find hope many times. The reality is we're, we're walking around in this, this bag of flesh and bones and we're continually being assaulted by our senses. How many know what the preacher's talking about tonight? We have things that are being told to us by our eyes. How many know our eyes are telling us stuff all the time? We've got things we see. We've got things that we, that we acknowledge. We, we saw it on the evening news. We saw it happen before our very eyes. And so uh, it, it speaks to our mind. It speaks to our spirit, man. And it robs us of our hope. We've got things that we're being told by our pain every day. Does anybody else get up out of the bed in the morning and go, ooh, ah, uh, 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 uh. Takes you about five minutes to get all things working and, and everything. And I, I'll, I'm at the point in my life right now. Come on, I'm going to be straight up honest with you as your pastor. I'm at the point in my life right now where I'll get up out of bed and the first place I go now is to my recliner to sit back down. <laughs> it was so much work getting out of bed in the morning. I got to go rest before I can go to the kitchen or do anything else. Uh, we, we get to that place where our pain is telling us one thing. Our eyes are telling us one thing. Our ears are telling us one thing. Our mind is telling us one thing. And how many know that many times that our flesh can be contrary to our spirit and our flesh can be contrary to the things that we're actually hoping for. We're hoping for good stuff and our flesh and our eyes, our senses are telling us that nothing but bad is going on. And in order to better know what we're, what we're talking about tonight, I, I believe we need to put a definition on the word hope. The word hope simply means this. It's a desire for some good thing to be accomplished with the belief that it is possible for it to happen. 
I've got a hope for something good to happen, and I have a belief that accompanies it that tells me it's possible for it to happen. Listen, I'm hoping for souls to be saved, right? I'm hoping for bodies to be healed, right? I'm hoping for the Holy Ghost to be poured out, right? And I believe that with my hope, all of those things are obtainable because we've got a God in heaven who loves us and makes all of those things possible. Can you say amen? I like to put things in, in sometimes in a way that it makes it easy for me to understand. I, I like to put hope in the idea of, of going fishing. Brother Dan's a fisherman. He'll get what I'm talking about tonight. When you go fishing and you cast that line, you have a desire for something good. You're casting that line with a desire to catch a fish. And because you cast your line in the water, because you use the right kind of bait when you threw it out there, you have an anticipation that you're going to catch that fish. Now, how many know you don't see the fish whenever you cast the line in the water most of the time? Some places like Tin Killer where they've got really clear water, uh, you might see that fish swimming around out there, but you still ain't caught him until he's in the boat. We've got a desire for something good. We cast our line out. We start cranking our bait past their little nose, and we hope they're going to bite it. We have an anticipation that that goal is obtainable. Church, I want you to understand tonight that it might seem oversimplified, but the same principle applies to hope that Christian men and Christian women must have in operation in our lives. We need to have a desire to see something good happen. We need to have a desire for souls to be saved. We need to have that desire for bodies to be healed. We need to have a desire for the provision, for the deliverance, for the revival. And then we combine that with the faith or the belief that it is possible Friend, that's the basis of a Christian hope right there. I have a desire for the good. I have a belief that it can happen. I've got faith that it's going to come to pass. That's the hope I have in operation. How many know that when we go fishing again, we might not see the fish, but we still go fishing? How many know we might not always see the answer that we're hoping for, but we still need to have hope that it's going to come to pass, friend? Some things I want to share with you tonight about Christian hope. And the very first one is this. We need to talk about the foundation of hope. We need to get to the rock bottom beginning of hope. Look at verse 18 with me. Verse 18 in your Bible says this. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Praise God, there's going to be a glory that's going to be revealed in us. How many believe that tonight? How many know that, that everything has got to have a foundation to, to grow? This building that we're setting in, it has to have a foundation to be built upon. Without a foundation for this building, everything could be crooked, everything could be cattywampus. Every, that's a technical term. Y'all need to look that up. Everything could be out of line. Everything could be twisted. And if it's not built on a foundation, the very first strong wind that comes along, it's going to pick it up and it's going to sail it across the road and drop it in the top of a bar. <laughs> Sometimes even if it has a foundation, it can be picked up. And Church, I want you to understand, we need a foundation as Christian men and women uh, for the fulfillment of the things that we have hope for. Uh, the thing that jumps out to me as I did this study today was this, is that hope is birthed from a place of need. Write that down if you're a note writer. 
Hope comes from a place of need. Verse 18 says this, For I consider the suffering of this present time. There was a need. There was suffering and there needed to be a relief for that suffering. And so that suffering created a hope for something better. How I many know uh, our need can create in us a hope for something better? Amen? When pers- a person is in need of salvation, listen, they're going to die and spend an eternity in a devil's hell. That's something that's a pretty big need. Can you say amen? And so it creates in that mama, it creates in that daddy, it creates in that grandma, it it creates in that husband or that wife a hope of salvation for that person that they love and they've been praying for. There's a need that's there, and so I have a hope for salvation. How many understand uh, suffering of sickness can, can bring a need for healing in a person's life? And so you have a hope that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, they can be healed. Amen? The, the suffering, the burden creates that sense of hope. We have a need and we have a hope that it can be met. Now here's the really good part. Uh, what they, 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 the need might be a big need. The, the, the situation might seem hopeless. The need might be insurmountable. But the God that we serve is bigger than the problem that stands before us. Come on. He's a great, big, insurmountable God who's bigger than any problem that might rise up against us. And He's the one where we place our hope. We don't put our hope in the things of the world. We don't put our hope in the job or the house or the bank account or the government. We put our hope in the name of the Most High God. We place our hope in the foundation of our God. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is it? It's the God of hope. He's the source of my hope. He's the foundation of my hope. When I need hope, I put it in Him and not anywhere else. The foundation of hope is found in my God and it's found in His Word. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Come on, we put our our patience and our comfort in the Word of Almighty God in the Scriptures and we find hope in the promises found in the Word of God. Amen? My hope is that when the enemy comes in like a flood, my God will lift up a standard against him. My hope is found in the truth of the Word of God that says, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. My hope is found in the promise that says, No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Come on, my hope is found in my God, and my hope is found in his Word, and my hope is found in his only begotten Son, Jesus, for First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Come on, my hope is not in Joe Obama. Y'all better get awake. My hope is not in the economy, Joe Bama. Let me slow it down for you. Joe Bama. I didn't say yo mama, I said Joe Bama. <laughs> Lordy have mercy. My hope ain't in Kamala. 
Boy, I knew I was preaching in the right place. No, it's not. My hope is not in the hyena. My hope is not in Nancy. And come on, I'm in that crowd tonight, but I'm going to say it. My hope is not in Donald. My hope is in King Jesus. My hope is not in the Republican. It's not the Democrat. My hope is in my God. My hope is found in His Word. My hope is found in Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Come on. We've got to know where the foundation of our hope begins at. If we don't have that as a foundation, everything else is going to be shifting, sinking sand before our feet. What do we need to know about Christian hope? We've got to know where the foundation begins at. That's in the God the Father, God His Word, and God His Son, and yes, God the Holy Spirit. Another thing we need to know about Christian hope is this. We need to understand there's victory in hope tonight. Look at verse 24. Verse 24 in the Word of the Lord says this. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen... It's not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Praise God, we can't have victory tonight. How many believe that? We can have victory tonight. I believe that just by having hope every day of our lives, we can live a life of victory. We can walk around in victory just knowing, listen, I've got a hope. Things may not look great right now, but I've got a hope tomorrow is going to be better than today. How many know that there's a vast difference between people who have no hope and those who do have hope? The Bible describes those who have no hope as being unhappy and sorrowful, right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Listen, when you don't have hope, when you don't have a hope of heaven, when you don't have a hope of salvation, when you don't have a hope of healing, when you don't have a hope for tomorrow being better than today, you're going to be filled with sorrow. Amen? But the Word doesn't stop there. It also goes on to teach us and tell us that those who do have hope are happy folks. Psalms 146 verse 5 says, Happy is he who has the the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. You're happy if you place your hope in God. Come on, it's time to get happy and let your face know about it. When we're filled with hope, we can be filled with joy and excitement. When we're filled with hope, we're filled with great expectations. Things are always looking up. Things are always going to get better. I love that lady, Faith Reynolds. You shake hands with her, you look her in the eye, and you say, Faith, how you doing? And her response, every time, I am blessed and highly favored. You don't know the things that woman struggles with. You don't know the pain that's in her body. You don't know the anguish that's going on in her life. You don't know the things that she struggles with. But yet her hope declares, I am blessed and I am highly favored. Hallelujah. I want to be filled with great excitement and great joy and great expectation of what's going to happen. Uh, It may not be great today, but guess what? It's going to get gooder tomorrow. 
Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great uh, God and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, it may be ugly. The economy may not be great. It may be 114 degrees outside, but I have a hope of looking forward to the return of my Savior. He's going to come rescue me and carry me home to the place that he's prepared for me. That's my great and blessed hope tonight. That's a hope that'll fill you with joy. That's a hope that'll make you walk around in victory. Victory is, is just part of, of not letting the things of this old world weigh you down. Having victory in your life is just a part of, of walking around with an anticipation of uh, the goodness of God being overflowing in your lives tonight. We have hope today, and we, that should make us walk around with our head up, our shoulders back, and a smile on our face that the devil can't slap off of it. We ought to be filled with hope and joy continually. Why? Because we are looking forward to something better than anything we got right now. What do we need to know tonight about Christian hope? We need to understand the victory of that hope. And one more thing I want to share with you. We need to talk about the fulfillment. Come on, someday it's coming to pass. Amen. Look at verse 25. Verse 25 says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Man, I'm hoping for something I ain't seen yet, but I'm waiting for it eagerly with perseverance. That means I'm getting a two-fisted hold and I ain't letting go for nothing until I see the glorious return of my Lord and Savior. Come on, with perseverance comes fulfillment. Can you say amen? I believe with all my heart that we will be the generation that will see the fulfillment of the things that we've been hoping for. I've been hoping for that, that trumpet to sound and I've been hoping for them graves to open up and, and I've been hoping for that, that sky to part and I've been hoping for him to step out and call his bride home and I believe we're the generation that'll see the fulfillment of that church. I believe that's the one hope that we all have in common. It's the hope of heaven, the hope of eternity. The ultimate thing that we hope for is to be with Him, to be like Him, to spend eternity in heaven with our, our God, our King, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Word of God teaches us and tells us that soon and very soon, one day that's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. Amen? Our hope is going to be fulfilled. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says it's going to happen in a moment. It'll happen in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet... For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible and we'll all be changed. Come on, how many got some changing you'd like to do? I'd like for this flesh to fall off. I'd like for my spirit man to be pulled to heaven. I'd like to, to see us all changed in the twinkling of an eye. L listen, we might not be in church together for eternity, but we're going to get to spend eternity to heaven together. Oh, I look forward to that day. Uh, soon and very soon, that trumpet's going to sound and we'll all be caught up together. Philippians 3 and 21 says, Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the workings by which he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Listen, that's the fulfillment of the hope we have. It's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be changed and be made like him. Our eternity is something we better be hoping for, church. There's going to be a fulfillment of it soon and very soon. 
Listen, I want you to hear your pastor very plainly tonight. If you can have a hope for an eternity in heaven, then you can have a hope for tomorrow as well. Yes, I'm believing for that trumpet to sound. And yes, I'm believing for the, for the graves to empty up. Yes, I'm believing for gravity to lose its hold. That's the hope I have. And I have the faith and the anticipation, the belief that it's going to come to pass. Those things combine together to give me a hope of the good thing that I desire to see come to pass. But friend, the same God that I can trust with my eternity is the same God that I can trust with my tomorrow. That means that lost loved one we've been praying for to come to know Jesus, we can have the same hope that they're going to come to pass. Uh, that one that we've been praying for to be healed, we can have the same sort of hope to believe healing is going to flow. That one that's empty and devoid of the Holy Spirit in operation in their life, we can have the same sort of hope that they'll be filled up to overflowing, evidenced by those heavenly tongues. Come on, we've been hoping for his blessing. We've been hoping for his provision. We've been hoping for deliverance. We've been hoping for revival. Friend, the same God we can put hope in for eternity is the same God we can put hope in for all those things. And then when we get a hold of that hope, when we get a hold of that hope, Lord, I've got a hold of it. Lord, I've got a hold of the hope that I placed in you. Lord, you told me. God, you promised me. <laughs> you promised me souls. You promised me a ministry. You promised me an opportunity to reach souls that were lost and undone. God, I got a hope for it. I'm not going to just wait around and, and circle the wagons and sing kumbaya and, and wait for heaven. Lord, there's stuff that's got to be done in this world today. Yes, and the same hope that I've functioned and operated in before is the same hope and, that I've functioned in now. God, i got a hold of it. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast. You know the, the image I get in my mind when it says, let us hold fast? I'm not a rodeo guy. I, I, I try to pretend to be. I wear boots every once in a while. Most every day I wear boots. When Sister Vonda and I met, I've never, I've never acknowledged this publicly. Turn the live stream off now, please. When Sister Vonda and I met, there was this establishment in Tulsa, Brother Dan. It was called the Wild, wild west. Vonda was there passing out tracks. Yes. Yes, she was. But sometimes on special occasions, on special nights, they'd take the dance floor and they'd empty out the dance floor and they'd bring in one of them mechanical bulls. Come on. It was gillies, okay? I'm just telling y'all. It was... And I'd never been on anything like that in my life, but I thought I could ride it. And I'd pay my money and I'd climb on the back of that thing and I'd hold on for dear life. And man, I thought I was getting it. I mean, I, I thought I was a cowboy. And I was holding on for all my life. You think about those guys and they straddle 2,000 pounds of muscle and snot. A real bull. And they 
They strap their hand to that thing. They put rosin on a glove, and they'll strap their hand on the back of that bull. There's something off about them, old boys. You know that mechanical bull? Whenever I fell off, they turned it off. Not so with one of them 2,000-pound snot bags. You get a hold, and you hold on for everything you've got. Hold on to the hope that you have without wavering. I think that's the, the mindset that too many Christians don't get a hold of. Man, I ain't letting this thing throw me off. There's stuff. The devil is that 2,000-pound snot bag that's trying to get me off his back and, and trying to get me to give up and throw me to the dirt and then stomp me once he gets me down there and hook me and throw me into the stands. He'd, he'd really like to get me away from him. He'd really like to get me hurt and quit so that I wouldn't keep trying to, to go and keep trying to fulfill what, what I believe God's called me to do. But I'm going to hold fast to my confession of hope without wavering. Why? Because the one who called me to it is faithful to the things that he promised. Friend, that doesn't just apply to the preacher, but that applies to every born-again believer. That applies to each and every one of us tonight. I believe God wants us to get a hold and hang on because we as Christians have a hope that this world knows nothing about. I believe tonight that God wants us to have the fulfillment of our hope. I believe that as Christians, we have more reason to have hope than anybody else in the world. You've got more reason to have hope than anybody else in the world. You've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And therefore, because Jesus is king over your heart, because he's king over your life, he's the foundation that will not waver. And the victory, man, you need to walk around with this mindset every day. Man, I've got victory. I, I may not see it. I may not feel it. I may not hear it. I, I, may not be, I, I may not touch it right now, but I know my God said he would, and so it's going to come to pass. I'm walking in victory today regardless of what my body says, regardless of what my checkbook says, regardless of what the gas pump says. I'm walking in victory today, Lord, because one day I will see the fulfillment of the thing that I've hoped for. I may not see it today, but I will see it soon. That gives me a Christian hope that the world doesn't know nothing about. I want to pray with you guys tonight. I think it's important that we meet together on Wednesday nights, and I think it's important that we pray when we're here. And so let's do that together tonight. Come on. Brother Rick's sister Sherry, not Rick, Sherry's going to put us on some music. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. Thank you for every set of ears and heart in this room. Thank you, God, for the hope that we find in no other place but in you. Lord, thank you for your word. It builds our hope. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. He, he gave us a living hope. We can walk around and live in the hope that he's given us. Thank you for a foundation that's firm under our feet that, that gives us a source of hope tonight. And Lord, thank you for the victory that we have. We may not see it. We may not hear it. We may not, we may not even sense it around us. But God, we know that victory is ours because we placed our hope in you. Walk with us, Lord. Bless these people, God. Use them for your glory. And God, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, head bowed, eyes closed, just for a second. I'm going to invite you to a time of prayer in just a moment around this room just to, to let your hope be built up. But come on, i got two more services to give an altar call for salvation. 
And we're going to hear it whether we like it or not. And so that's, that's what God has, has appointed me and equipped me to do, to sound the alarm. He's coming soon, church. And we've got to sound the alarm for souls to be saved. <laughs> if you're here tonight and you need Jesus to be your Savior, if, if you have a friend or a loved one who needs Jesus to be their Savior, you've got to share with them. You've got to tell them. You, you've got to get them to Jesus, man. If you're at home tonight watching on the live stream and you need Jesus to be your Savior, He loves you and He died for you and He's coming again soon. And the only way that our eternity is assured, the only way we have this Christian hope that the preachers talked about tonight is by accepting Jesus as Lord over your life. Entering into a relationship. I'm not talking about a religion. You don't have to be Pentecostal. You don't have to be Baptist. You don't have to be Methodist. You have to be a Christian. You have to accept Jesus as Lord over your life. He loves you. It's as simple as saying this prayer. We're going to pray together tonight. We're going to say that prayer together tonight. And so if you're watching at home and you say this prayer and you mean it from your heart, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, it's as simple as that. And so... Let's just pray that prayer together tonight. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in your life, and your death, and your resurrection. I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And there's absolutely nothing I can do to save myself. I need you, Lord. I believe you paid a price you didn't know. For a debt that I could not pay. You paid for my salvation. Now I accept that into my life. Walk with me, Lord. Help me every day. Put people around me that will help me grow and become more like you. Let, let false teachers be put away from me. And let your truth rise up before me. Now I thank you, Lord, that I am saved. And I'm never going back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I want to invite everybody in this place tonight to a time of prayer. Either come and find you a place at the front or make an altar where you're at. But please, friends, don't leave before you spend some time in prayer. God bless you. Thank God for His hope.